2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks. And with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc. This is a special episode, a spoiler cast. We got a couple of special guests with us tonight. That's right. So first we have our good friend from Gamer Friends back with us again, Jordan, a.k.a. Big Nakruma. How's it going? Hey! hey. I'm so excited to be here. We're Hello. excited to have you. Oh, my God. And we also have a first-time guest also with the Gamer Friends. We've played games together before. We've gone back and forth in the Discord. Curtis, a.k.a. Nerdy the Sensei. What's going on? Oh, not much. Glad to be here. How are you guys? <laughs> We're doing great. We're doing great. I'm so glad to have you two along. All of us have recently beaten the Guardians of the Galaxy. We've completed <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I want to get right into it because I feel like we've had way too much pre-podcast banter and we're raring ready to go. Ooh. So I got one question I need to know from you guys. Going into this, what level of fandom are we talking? I mean, has any of us read the comics? Are we watching the movies? What do we know about the Guardians? My Guardians knowledge is MCU heavy. I knew who they were before the movie, but I had not read any comics. I hadn't seen any major storylines with them. I knew that Adam Warlock was involved in some of their shenanigans, and I knew who he was. I knew who Gamora was, but beyond that, I didn't know much, to be honest. I came in pretty MCU heavy, but at the same time, I had some background on some of the major stories in their comics. Uh, A good friend of mine grew up with the comics. So he was really into them. And so I got some glimpses here and there, but I didn't really read them myself. I did watch both the movies. And anytime that the group was together throughout the MCU, I was there for it. Yeah, me? I actually saw some of the Guardians for the first time in the Infinity Gauntlet comic run. But this was like 2013 or something like that. And like I saw Gamora in there. I saw Drax. And I knew who they were. And Adam Warlock was in there. But... As far as like the Guardians as a team, it's basically the MCU stuff and a little bit of the Telltale game that they had that came out. Are you talking about the new version of Infinity Gauntlet or the OG version? Because I don't the, remember Guardians the o- in the OG. The OG version. What? Yeah. I'm going to have to reread it. At the very least, I remember Nebula being in that version heavily. Yeah, Nebula's in it and Adam Warlock is in it, but I don't think the other ones are in it. Maybe well, Maybe on. I'm sure. I'll have to revisit it. Yeah. You let me know if I'm wrong. All right. Well, uh, you can get at Derek at Gamer Goodies more on Twitter. So <laughs> let him let him know wrong. how wrong he is. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'm kind of with closer to Big Nick. I'm MCU heavy and kind of knew some of the ancillary characters existed, but I haven't been super into comics since back in the '90s, and it was just more my cosmic side was really just like Phoenix because <laughs> I started, <laughs> I entered with X Men, and that's kind of where I branched out. So, the game itself it's produced by Square Enix, developed by Eidos Montreal, which is not the same developer as the Marvel's Avengers game, which we know as Crystal Dynamics, but with Square Enix producing it. I don't know about y'all, but when I saw the trailer for it, when it initially was announced, I was not super excited. Oh, yeah, not at all. Not at fucking all. <laughs> I think I made Nerdy, you actually here. played Avengers yeah. and liked it, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm still actually playing it a little bit from time to time. But wow. looking at the trailer for Guardians, I was immediately more excited for Guardians than I was for Avengers, just because I could see how... At least from what I saw, it looked more tight-knit for how the combat was trying to come across. So I was like, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm at least intrigued enough to give it a try, is what I was thinking. Well, that's interesting. When I saw the combat, I didn't really know what to make of it. And then when I heard you can only control Star-Lord, that kind of turned me off further because I wasn't really sure. I mean, I had an idea of how they were going to try to make it work, but I wasn't really sure if I would enjoy that style of combat, to be honest. So I was fully prepared to pass this thing by for the longest and i didn't really personally get interested in it until you know it came out people started to say hey this is actually kind of good you know what i mean (laughs) like it wasn't a day one for me but when i heard enough people i saw enough positive reviews pop on day one i was like hmm might be worth a look-see i don't know about y'all i mean sounds like nerdy you were with it from day one right pretty much yeah when the trailer dropped oh i think it was e3 yeah when e when they dropped the e3 Mm. trailer Mm. I was already like, okay, 
I see this, and I'm already a fan of Deuce X games. So I played uh-huh. a few of those, and I was like, okay, if this same team is working on a Marvel game, I'm trying to see what they're doing, because they haven't really put out anything in years. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, I'm already a fan of that team. Let's see what they do with a Marvel team. And then right after that, I saw a special that said that the writers were actual comic writers from Marvel. So they went to a team of writers who actually wrote for Guardians comics and brought them onto the team to write for this game. It's so funny that you say that, that, because I feel like if they focused in the trailer or the announcement, like, uh, from the writers of this run of comics and from the team that brought you Deus Ex, that might have gotten you a little more excited than Square Enix's Marvels. I was like, no, no. They said they didn't want to share any of the glory. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, nope. (laughs) Your listeners might not be aware, but I am actively boycotting marvel's avengers because i should be able to play spider-man on my xbox well the question is do you want to play spider-man on your xbox (laughs) i will i will say a little bit of schadenfreude watching the reviews come in just because i really wanted to play it but i never played it that said absolutely influenced my concerns i would say about guardians of the galaxy however my skepticism wasn't really concern until e3 they showed the same footage over and over again of the same mission which i'm realizing now is to avoid story spoilers because the story is so fucking good but oh wait do you you're gun shy because of anthem yes because come on (laughs) Oh, come on, fuck. I'm sorry, what, what, what's sorry. up? He said, do we curse? I was like, come on, fuck. Yeah, yeah, we can curse. <laughs> but yeah, you're... But you're, I, you're, I did. I thought it was an Anthem repeat. So yep. I was like, oh, no, this is not good. <laughs> no, I remember just learning that lesson when they when, when they come to the table with very little and keep re-showing the same thing over and over again. It's very possible it could be just because it's not great or it's not finished or whatever, whatever. But you're right. In this case, it ended up being, no, they just wanted to save the good tidbits for when you actually get a chance to play it. And then maybe after what happened with Marvel's Avengers, Square Enix was a little afraid to put too much in the marketing of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. maybe they didn't have faith in, in themselves and they weren't really sure. I don't know. Yeah, because it came out very soon after E3. Like, yeah. Months. They announced months. it pretty <laughs> close to when it was going to drop. And, I mean, if it wasn't for word of mouth and positive reviews, I mean, I don't know if it would have picked up like it did. So... All right, well, I think that that can move us organically into the next segment. So we've all played it 100% all the way through. I actually got a platinum trophy on it. I don't know about y'all. Nice. Uh, I'm still working on mine. Working. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, And we'll talk about getting that trophy because I think that's relevant, especially for completionists. But we'll, we'll discuss that later. Gameplay. To me, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like this game could be neatly divided into the action gameplay and the set piece or story building moments. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the two big chunks that I would want to discuss with you guys. Gameplay, what did you guys like about it? What did you not like about it? I mean, Nerdy, being that you actually really enjoy Marvel's Avengers, do you see any similarity here? Do you like things better? Do you wish there were some things in here that are in Avengers and vice versa? What's going on with that? I'll say that I like the combat a lot more than Avengers just because... There was more focus on knowing what each combatant could bring to the table and you being the leader kind of came with more of a strategy side of it. Mm. So that was something I wasn't really expecting when they're like, you can only be Star-Lord. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And then you just get to command the rest of the team. And so they all, you know, they're bantering and they have their own personalities, but they are very effective. That was already more enjoyable than what the Avengers is doing is that sometimes you get these moments where you get to do like a tag team type attack on a thing. And it just like, it doesn't happen as often as I think it should. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So with that though, yeah, the gameplay, yeah, at least the combat for sure. Uh, not even talking about the cutscenes, but the, the combat was exhilarating in a way where I was like really engaged with all the mechanics, but at the same time, it wasn't too overwhelming, even though there was a lot going on on screen. There at times there were, I agree with you there. Nick, positives. What are, what are your pros on combat, if you have any? 
I was really pleasantly surprised because I was not hot on the game before it came out. I actually knew very little going into it about how it was going to work, what the combat was going to look like beyond that trailer, which frankly was not that appealing to me. Mm -mm. The direct control over all of the other Guardians, I think, was the highlight for me. It was so fun to coordinate attacks against large enemies and have everyone really balancing off of one another. And then you build up to these moments where you call what the game calls a huddle. I thought it was the cutest thing I have ever seen in my life in a video game. He like wiggles his little hips and everyone comes in like you're about to, you know, hike on fourth down at the 10 yard line. And he gives a pep talk and it's a mini game because you're supposed to react to what they're saying to you. Mm-hmm. And if you do it successfully, you have a bunch of buffs. And so I always try to use special abilities, call a huddle, and then your special abilities refill faster after the huddle if you do it correctly. I just thought that that was so fun to do. Even if it was a little repetitive in terms of what you were doing, all that was changing really were the enemy types. There is not too much diversity in the fighting. But I thought overall, because they made the combat so interesting... It didn't matter to me that it wasn't the most engaging. And also the fights didn't really last that long all that much anyway. Okay, fair enough. All right, Derek, you got any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I'm the same with Nick. I would just make a comment on the huddle system. After a while, it gets really old. (laughs) (laughs) Especially since you have to, like, listen to his spiel every single time. Like, if there was a way to, like, skip that entirely... Well, actually, I think there is an auto. I'm in there love is an with auto the idea. huddle system. Yeah, I mean, but it doesn't shorten it. It doesn't in, shorten it. No, it doesn't. It just uh, picks the right oh. answer for you. Mm. I'm in love with the idea. I really think it's great. I think thematically it works to kind of band the team together. Plus, you get to play the licensed music that they gathered. It's just doing too anything long. to kickstart my heart just makes it that much better. But occasionally you get rickrolled, and that's funny too. Uh, yeah. I remember doing a particularly very serious battle to I tumble for you. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. but but what I would have appreciated is either it kind of was more integrated into gameplay. Maybe you can have the option to do the full thing if you really enjoy it, but a shortened version could be them calling it out. And then you're like, huddle up. And then like, just boom, he says something quick. Um, We're kicking ass. Let's kick more ass. And then boom, you go into it Uh Uh, because it was plus the, if the, maybe if the writing was a little better on the motivational speech, because sometimes they come in like, we're going to get him. He's like, look, guys, guys. we're having fun. We're getting real pumped, (laughs) but we got to (laughs) remember, we got to remember guys. They've got guns too, but our guns are bigger. So let's show them who's with me. What the fuck are you talking about, bro? It sounds like a fucking, it sounds like a fucking car commercial with the, Oh, shit. Yeah, you're not so right. with, I am Groot. <laughs> so with that said, like it's a great idea. I think if they were to, you know, make it either skippable, shorter, or make motivational speech a little less cringe, because after a while, yeah, it's just yeah, you yeah. can almost guess what he was gonna say. All right, I love his I excited. love his voice actor, yeah. but that shit just went all to <laughs> we'll get to that. All right, guys. Yeah, we'll get. Come we'll, on. <laughs> we'll get to Let's the voice acting in more in depth. But yeah, he kind of Jane Fonda. Kind of Jane Fonda his way through those speeches, man. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. So yeah, I'm with you guys. I really enjoy the combat. I didn't think it really overstayed its welcome, but there was some sameness to it. To me, it felt like thirty percent of the game, and it just kind of moved things all along. And it was part of the theme because they get into scrapes. They are the Guardians of the Galaxy. They have to fight shit. And I, like you, Nick, like I loved being able to order Rocket to shoot a cluster grenade that gathers all the enemies together and then Groot shoots vines forward and then Drax comes in and blow, like blasts them all with a big ground pound. And maybe Gamora finishes off like the stronger enemy that still has HP. Being able to... That was exactly my rotation. Right? Right? (laughs) (laughs) It was definitely one of mine. It was a little funky to press in the left stick to access star lord's abilities because sometimes i would try to sprint and i would do that instead and then i'd be stuck in the menu because i went into the options and i made it a toggle instead of like a hold down which to me worked better 
So sometimes I'd be in the middle of battle, like, why can't I press anything? And I was still in Peter's menu. And I'm like, oh, yeah. uh, okay. It takes a second to get used to, but once you do, as frantic as it is, and it, it does get frantic sometimes, it's actually really serviceable and enjoyable. I didn't know I wanted this type of battle system. It feels very much like an RPG to me, especially if you set a setting to pause the game completely when you go into menus, which again, I did. It felt very tactical and I was able to kind of sit back and there's a lot of abilities that allow like Star-Lord to hover above the field or kind of take a, a snapshot of the battle, so to speak. And it really felt cohesive and like a lot of thought was put into it. So have they fixed any of the bugs? <laughs> Because I don't know about you guys, but my playthrough was a little buggy. I didn't, yeah, I, I ran into a few bugs myself. Nothing major and nothing that really broke the game. I think there may have been one time where I got stuck and had to reload a checkpoint, but it literally had just checkpointed. But yeah, I definitely saw a few bugs. I don't know. How about yeah, you guys? I, I had to reload so many times from like a prompt remaining on the screen for like ever hmm. and never leaving. Hmm overlapping dialogue from like someone you're directly talking to and someone who's having a conversation off screen in the subtitles did you get the day one patch i mean i had to have right I maybe i don't know times. yeah i always update my shit come on gamer like you said there was nothing game breaking but it was just kind of like oh, really this is kind of seems like an oversight Mm, something mm. so small yeah no i i didn't notice anything like that major but there were you know a few graphical hitches here and there yeah there were a few times where i had to restart the game because i wasn't hearing dialogue from a different character hmm. in like a cutscene but like not a cutscene cutscene the cutscenes that happen when you're controlling the character the mass which by the way I, <laughs> I i just have to say this is some of the best animated facial expressions that i've ever seen and i was so impressed by the graphical fidelity of the game in a way that no one was talking about and so i wasn't really going into it thinking that that was going to be one of the wow factors mm -hmm. it it felt yeah. like we're even closer to next gen i don't think we're actually there yet but uh, yeah. <laughs> it was so good yeah they yeah, threw like some money drax, at this game <laughs> when drax shows up over peter like in the beginning, and he wakes him up. I was like, "Fuck!" Right. That looks Peter Quill. <laughs> Peter Quill. Damn, Drax, you look. Stop Ooh. doing that. <laughs> right. Don't wake me up like so that. So weird. Ugh. The assassin is saying that we're ready to depart. No, no, the the not the assassin. What do you the call woman. her? The uh, no, not the woman either. The traitor. The traitor. Yeah, the yeah, betrayer. Yes, the betrayer. He's like she's the on betrayer. our team. You gotta stop going. Oh, you just looked at me like you were going to stab me. Right. As far as gameplay, like I said, the only thing that I would really want to improve would be the huddles and maybe. A little less particle effects. I think sometimes, especially during some of the ladder battles, there was so much shit on the screen. Sometimes I couldn't see. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, pull it back just a little bit. What, what is this? Tales of a Rise? Come on now. Um, <laughs> Did anyone else stutter at the end? I remember like maybe one or two battles where I had a hitch, but it was brief. Yeah, no. I, I actually had to restart at the end because the frames were dropping so bad. But there was also so much going on that I, you know, let me put it this way. I experienced some bugs, but I've experienced bugs in every single game I've ever played. It was mm. nothing like trying to get through Cyberpunk or GTA. Oh, yeah. It, it was <laughs> nowhere near. Whole otherworldly. Let's actually, that's a good idea for us to kind of let everybody know what systems we played this on. So I assume, you know, I know you did, Derek, because I borrowed your copy. Derek and I played on mm. PS5. Did you guys play on Series X? I'm on PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5 as well? Okay. I did play on a uh, Series X, actually. Okay. okay. So I it's interesting. About PS5, but I got Series X. I hear the Series X had some special audio functions that the PS5 didn't get, and I'm wondering if maybe some audio s settings could relate to maybe the bugs you were having with dropped dialogue. And then I'm wondering, as far as frame and stuttering, if loading differences might have something to do with that. I don't know, because I didn't have any major <laughs> stuttering that caused me to restart. But I don't know if you guys did. Yeah, I didn't really counter any any major stuttering like i think a couple of times probably during the one of the last few battles hmm. it maybe stuttered a couple of times but then it like really cleared up mainly when i cleared the uh the field of those enemies there was like it was just so much cluster 
And so when I cleared out some enemies, it kind of went back to normal, and that was kind of it. That was my, that was similar to my experience. It, it I noticed it. It was brief and only a couple of times. So it's interesting that you say that. I read a review that mentioned the stuttering, and that reviewer also was playing on an Xbox, and it happened the same spot. Hmm. So I wonder if there's just something about that level on xbox that wasn't working although when i reloaded the game it did fix itself but i had been going for quite a while i, mm. I pretty i pretty mainlined this, this game. <laughs> 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 I, I appreciate <laughs> that tap tap <laughs> <laughs> all right so i was going to go into if there are any other improvements that i would make on gameplay but again i think it's just the huddle system in that uh, what about you guys is there any cons that stood out to you gameplay wise that you'd like to see improved or do you have any ideas for improvement? Oh, oh, before you speak one more thing. Damn it. I wish that you could adjust the playlist for the huddle songs to only play certain songs so that other Uh, songs don't get played. I don't want to fight enemies to don't worry, be happy. I don't know why. Um, Also, (laughs) also if the fight goes on past the song, you just stop listening to music, which is lame. I don't like that. It should just keep playing more music. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I understand why they stopped the music. Because the huddle, like, it's part of the huddle. Because you don't have the music before the huddle. So. I know, but you for know, the, the rest of the, the battle. Huddle. The rest of the battle, though. Keep playing more music. Just keep going. No, get but your you, huddle you're back not getting up, extra regeneration <laughs> during the rest up, of the battle. And anyway. Keep running. I, uh. <laughs> I think that they have to solve the left thumbstick thing that you all were talking about. Mm. I barely used my Star-Lord abilities because of that. It just was not a convenient place on the controller to put that. I would imagine in a subsequent game there will be more Guardians to control. And if that's the case, then a system like Assassin's Creed, where you kind of switch over into a separate wheel, but use the same central button to access all of those options i think that that would work a lot better for what they're trying to get as far as uh fixing stuff you know how sometimes they would do a team combo it was just happen out of nowhere like when the enemy was close to death they would just each one would do a hit and then another hit yeah there's usually like an x prompt and then you can't pick who decides to step in and do it but another character might either do an attack with you or do their own finisher. I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, and the hit detection on that was off for me, like, all the time. <laughs> like, like Star-Lord would do a jumping drop kick, and then the, it, it, you would hear the sound effect of the enemy getting hit, but the enemy wouldn't fall over yet, and then they would fall over. <laughs> it just felt, it didn't feel, it didn't have that punch. It didn't yeah. have the force that it was supposed to have. So, I mean, I guess that just goes into bugs, too, but Mm. Yeah, that's like the only thing I would change. Maybe doing something a little extra with his elemental powers other than, oh, this is the weakness for this one. This is the weakness for this one. And yeah. that it. That's it. But That's true. Yeah, yeah I would I probably agree with you guys on the fixes. There weren't that many that I came up across. I was like, all right, I'm getting used to what this game is. But yeah, the huddle thing was, was fine. Like if you like it, I would say keep it the same. But if you're like kind of bored with it or you're just, you're just tired of whatever that, that's, that whole system is. Yeah, having what you said earlier, Mike, to have it shortened, where it's mm-hmm. just, even if you have it on that setting where it's like, hey, it's automatic win, it would just be super short. Yeah. So that way he just yeah. says says a you know rallying cry and then you get the buff. That would be super helpful for anybody who wants to just kind of get through that. As well as like the left stick thing, I can see that being an issue going into more, like like Nick said, more more Guardians coming in. Maybe, like, yeah, if you get, if you keep Star-Lord on that one, that could that might work but then how would that work for him being able to aim and then having more guardians so yeah like having a system switch up where his powers are also probably mapped on a different button would probably alleviate some of those issues and (laughs) cause a few less hiccups in the middle of the battle because i know i I definitely did that a couple times where i wasn't intentionally trying to make a star lord move but then i was like wait okay i guess I just threw a bunch of ice down. Okay, well, that right. worked um, for now, but I did not want that to happen all the time. You know, my favorite thing to do was would be to slide in as Star-Lord and then immediately jump up to do a little tornado grenade thingy. Oh, that was so fucking was sick, flare. dude. <laughs> <laughs> Super rock. I actually resent so metal. power slide. I resent that the button was used for that because I think that there should have been a sprint. 
it drove me absolutely out of my mind yeah. that I wasn't able to sprint. And I kept doing it no matter through the entire game, even after I recognized and reconciled with the fact that there's no sprinting in the game, I still kept trying to do it. So like they were trying to make fetch happen and they need to move on. <laughs> Fair enough. And aside on design, some of the cool things that Idos did that I'm really impressed with is how they tried to train you early on into certain gameplay mechanics without tutorializing you. For example, you guys remember those points that Star-Lord had to shoot to like open areas up and how in order to actually explode a wall, you had to perfect reload in order to get that shot off. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was training you how to get the timing on the perfect reload. So later on in battles, when it was crucial, you'd have the muscle memory for it. But it wasn't overtly telling you we are tutorializing you for perfect reload. Sure. I mean, they, they could have done that or they could have just made those things explodable with one clip, but they didn't. And I feel like that that was a conscious decision. I mean, another thing that they did I thought was really impressive is in the beginning, uh, in the first level, Rocket challenges you to exterminate more bug egg nests if, if you find them. And there's this little score counter that comes up on the screen that he hacked your visor with. And what it's really teaching you is this is a game where you're going to want to look around the corners. Now, gamers with a capital G, they already know to do that, but not everybody thinks like that, right? So you're putting on your visor and you're noticing how things show up in the visor HUD and you're looking for those eggs. And he's constantly going, you're not cheating using your visor, are you? And you're like, no, I'm not using my visor at all. Look at the eggs. Totally using the visor. (laughs) And, And I mean, in that first level, that led me to like the first costume that I found, you know, like the alternate outfit or whatever. And I feel like, again, that was their way of not tutorializing you, but gently guiding you to use the systems they have in place and to look off the beaten path because you will find things there. I thought that was really uh, impressive. Yeah, I think I even jump on to same with that is like I was impressed with how they introduced the mechanic for how you use the different guardians. You have to use different guardians for a traversal throughout the level before you get into battle and like Mm -hmm. how they introduced that. It's like, okay, Rocket's good with tech. Uh, we need a group to make a bridge. Uh, hey, Gamora is good for cutting things across. And then Drax is good for lifting heavy things or smashing things open. So you like get introduced to what they're good at in battle, but how that helps throughout traversal as well. So that's a good point. Really, yeah. Really, yeah. Really, really cool. Everything was very familiar. Up, menu. Yeah. I still ended up missing a few of those as well, though, because it was <laughs> like it was something I was like, oh, Drax got this. Nope. Okay, I guess Gamora's got nope. Yeah. Okay, I guess it's Groot. <laughs> yeah, sometimes turning on the visor and scanning would be the best way other than... Because sometimes, I like you, I would guess, like, oh, obviously you got to punch this wall. No, you got to slice it. Right. Oh, shit. But the cool thing is, whenever you scan something, it would go, oh, Rocket would probably be good for X. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. and, and then Peter learns that information with you. So then when he examines it to get the action going, he'll immediately say out loud, hey, I think you should do this. And of course, their banter would help guide you towards that, too. And the banter was worked well within the design. But again, we can get into that more in the story and writing. The last thing before we, I guess, go into the story, unless anybody has anything else, I just want to make mention the custom difficulty and the accessibility options. Pretty decent. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you guys did, but here's what I did. My custom difficulty was I made everything hard as far as how much damage we take and the amount of window we have to revive. So I made us get taken down really easily, but then I made all of the abilities cooldowns really short. So the abilities were like as ready as they possibly could be. We were able to kick as much ass as we possibly could at all times, but we were also vulnerable. So it was more like a glass cannon team, which heightened and quickened the pace of battles but also kept up the tension so i felt like i didn't feel like i was you know just breeze walking through it that's kind of how i handled it okay uh i did normal (laughs) did normal (laughs) (laughs) oh this seems fun normal let's do normal yeah I also did normal. <laughs> Look at all these options. Uh, uh, Mary, please tell me, please tell me you live up to your namesake and you also tweak the options. So the first playthrough, I put it on hard. The new game plus now, I have custom options where I've made the enemies much harder to take down, and 
I think I've tweaked my cooldowns to be longer. So that way it'd be like for me having to just like I didn't want to tweak my health too much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, having the cooldowns not be as available made it a little bit harder to where like I had to use everybody a little less and Peter a little more. So that was that was definitely a change. And it's definitely a bit challenging because, you know, you're running around and they're definitely asking you for for advice and you're like i can't because that isn't ready yet and you're just running around <laughs> and you're like shooting shit so yeah it's it's more challenging for sure but yeah i did that my second playthrough interesting i can tell you that on normal sometimes the most effective thing to do is stand still while you conduct war basically you're a general <laughs> just on the battlefield i was barely doing stuff myself <laughs> <laughs> right the starler doesn't do that much damage at all yeah i mean no, again, you can tweak at a certain that point i was over yeah it. you can tweak it yeah I, I turned the damage on his blasters down and i decreased the cooldowns my whole idea was is I would pepper in shots, but I'd mainly be doing damage by constantly asking the Guardians to do the abilities. And it wasn't like their abilities were always ready, but I think there's like a, you can go from one second to five or some kind of range of cooldown. Yeah, it's a range. Yeah, yeah. And I just did the low end because I figured I don't like games that make you wait and that's the difficulty. Well, you got to wait. I argue <laughs> with with another gamer friend. I argue with that Tim dude all the time about from software games because he says some shit that infuriates sure me. Do. He says <laughs> it infuriates me. He says that Ghost of Tsushima on lethal difficulty is harder than from software games, especially like say um, Sekiro. Right? No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Tim also thinks that you should cook a turkey at 425. So Jesus not Christ. everything that Tim says is, wow. is always. That poor fat bird. Right? That thick bird did not deserve that. <laughs> and all respect to Tim. To I deal. love Roasted. Tim. I think he is dead wrong on this. But here's the thing. The, 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 the cool thing. The, the difficulty how it applies in Ghost of Tsushima is everybody can take you out in like, you know, one or two hits on that difficulty mode, but so can you. And that's the difficulty mode I like. I like it when the enemies are dangerous, but you're dangerous too. And so it just comes down to who's thinking faster, who's figuring things out, you know what I mean? And and it's, it's, like, it's more like a dance. It's, it's like boxing, you know, you got to know when to parry and when to throw that punch. And to me, if getting hit and hitting is both equally devastating, that's the kind of gameplay balance that I like. That's what I tried to imitate here with the custom difficulty. And it was a blast. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, story and writing. This is one of the things that surprised me, too. Favorite part. Favorite part? Yeah. This is where it really shines for me, too. Indeed. I don't know if we want to run through the whole story, but I can just quickly do the beats. So basically the guardians have been together for a while. We start off with them trying to give some money. It doesn't go so good. There's this whole side plot with this uh, group called the universal church of truth. They're looking to get members and it turns out it's more like a brainwashy cult and that people that join up are losing themselves. And now it's like a universe ending threat and the guardian's going to come in and figure out how to save the day and hijinks ensue. That's basically what happens, right? Yeah. 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 yeah pretty That's much. Synapses. Yeah. I like, as far as the game and the story goes, I really like how, it's really story heavy because I think that's one of its strengths. The writing and the characters and the acting, like you said, the, the motion cap, the facial animations were on point just from jump. One little tidbit I like is you start off in a flashback. Peter's at his home back on Earth. He's 13. He's sitting in his bed. He's doing that thing that we all did when we were kids back when you actually used to go out and buy albums. And he's <laughs> he has the lyric sheet open and he's reading it. And what's interesting is they made a, a band up called Star-Lord for this game. And if you listen to the lyrics of the song he's listening to when the game first starts, it's literally like, my mama told me that my dad was a wanted man and they're going to come for me next. And it was like outlining what's actually going to happen to Peter <laughs> right. Quill. And I was like, that's, that's pretty funny. cool. <laughs> I wasn't paying so, attention to that. <laughs> but yeah, I loved, you know, you, you walk around the room and you check different stuff out and then Peter Quill, Peter Quill. And then all of a sudden Peter you're Quill. on the ship. The what do they call it? The Milano? The Milano. Yeah. The Milano. The Milano. Yeah. Peter's ship or rocket ship, if you ask Rocket. Right. And you just get to walk and you get to do this as much as you want or as little as you want. The way forward is clearly signposted, but you're free to walk around the ship and 
talk to people and engage in banner and it all feels very lived in and very organic i loved the intro to this game yeah it was it was yeah. uh fucking amazing very it surprising. set itself apart very quickly mm-hmm. agree with that agree with that I don't know if we need to discuss. I mean, it's a spoiler cast, so spoil the shit out of this game if you want yeah, to. At this point, if you haven't jumped off and you haven't played it, maybe skip towards. I'll I'll signpost it in the show notes when we talk about <laughs> overall thoughts. But skip to the overall thoughts section because we're going to spoil the shit out of the story. Any highlights for you guys? Anything that you wanted to discuss or that you was surprising that you enjoyed that you didn't like? Whatever, whatever. I've got a few things. <laughs> Go for it, man. <laughs> Go for uh, it. Firstly. Being that none of us was really too involved with knowing about Star-Lord and his comic history and everything, the storyline that Nikki could possibly be his daughter, mm-hmm. I loved that shit. Because it was just so fun how they played with it. And I was yeah. like, he might have a daughter in the comics. I don't know. <laughs> and I think that works to the strength of the game and the fact that the MCU is kind of people's first knowing about the Guardians of the Galaxy, but... The fact that him might having might having a daughter is fucking hilarious. The way they play with it, Rocket and the team just bagging on him about it, and him just like wrestling with the inner turmoil of oh, I might be a dad. I haven't been around for twelve years, and my dad wasn't around. And, oh, yeah, like it tells a very emotional story, and by the end of it, it's I don't know, it still comes out great. I I, I just love that part. I love what this game does with uh, foreshadowing. Hmm. The main point that I want to talk about is Fiend Fang Foom. <laughs> <laughs> they foreshadowed the shit out of that. And I thought it was just going to be a name drop in the beginning of the game. And that was it. Yeah. But when you get to the world mind and they're like, we're not going to help you. It's like, fuck, we got to go back to Lady Hellbender. Again, bring it back around. They weren't just leaving Lady Hellbender in the beginning of the game to never be seen again. Yeah, so I love that. So the beginning of the game, they're in the quarantine zone where they're not supposed to be. They'll be in big trouble if they get caught by the Nova Corps. They want to find a monster to sell to Lady Hellbender. They fuck up. And then that's where he meets Nikki, right? When they get arrested. And Nikki's like, I'm 13 years old. I'm exactly the age that your kid would be if you had one with Corel back when you slept with her during the war. And he's like, shit. Back when you. (laughs) And so when they don't have a monster, they're like, they're like, okay, we need to go to Lady Hellbender, but we don't have a monster. So they try to, you have the choice to sell Rocket or Groot, which I love. (laughs) <laughs> and then Lady Hellbender shows up and she is thick. Yeah, oh, she's <laughs> thick. <laughs> and she is like she is like flirting hardcore with Drax and Drax like hmm, I'm, I'm oblivious to your right. answers because I am Drax. Peter but Peter, I am reading I sarcasm for dummies. <laughs> right. And yeah, like you said, they were joking around about how Fing Fang Foom would be an amazing catch and I thought it was just a name drop too. Lo oh and behold, God, when he shows up uh, when they say when Drax said that they're going to get him, it's like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. Because ah, I love just the idea of an alien dragon yeah. being in anything Marvel. Because well, crazy you know his. Oh, go ahead. Like I thought they were gonna fake me out again. Yeah, he was like, Let's go. <laughs> well, because I thought they weren't gonna show him. I they, they were, were leading like, up okay, to that, right? Cool. The whole time you know. you're going towards him, they're like, "I hear he has fingers as as huge hear, as buildings." I hear he wears shorts. <laughs> I was like, "There's no, they're not gonna give me this dragon. They're not gonna give me the dragon, man. They're gonna give me like claw marks. They're gonna give me, right. oh, he's sleeping. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> oh, fight this dwarf instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, and I. The, uh, mm. the only version that I had seen of Fing Fang Foom was the like old school version where he's got like this long face it's kind of like a humanoid dragon mm. so well, i had yeah. never seen this version you fight him in marvel ultimate alliance which is yeah that's cool. that's yeah that's what he looks like <laughs> he has got like that i think he's got i don't remember that game is so old in the graphics or that uh, but... he looked like a big dragon but he was much bigger <laughs> than this for sure oh my god yeah and oh goodness he was beautiful he looks exactly like he does in like a early 2010s run of the comic Mm-hmm. and he's just he's beautiful he's a beautiful massive dragon I and it even... leads to one of the coolest Ooh. parts do you remember at the oh, end when lady hellbender yes. storms the church with yes. the rest of the team and then she throws his cassette screen tape to him yes. yes we all screenshot it we all screenshot it because yeah. i did i was like <laughs> i was fumbling for my controller <laughs> I, was like, oh, oh. I was like that's metal as fuck screenshot <laughs> <laughs> I wish that Sony had stats or Xbox too. I wish they had stats for like when people do a screenshot because I guarantee you like 80% of players were like boop boop. 
Yep. <laughs> you had to. <laughs> Even if you put your controller down, you're like, I'm going to watch this magnificent. You like, like you said, you're scrambling. You're like, oh God, what the right. holy shit? Where are my hands? Where are my this hands? Awesome thing. What's going to happen? <laughs> oh man, loved it, loved it. But uh, I think that's all I'm going to talk about for now. Okay, so well, those are your highlights for you guys. Yeah. All right, big Nick. Well, the whole game's your, a fucking highlight. What were your highlights? <laughs> yeah, the whole game was highlight. Sure. I agree. I think the whole game was the highlight. I can't tell you the last time that I just enjoyed the hell out of something that I played from beginning to end. Uh-huh. To the point where even talking about the glitches and stuff like that, it does. I, I don't even remember them. I just had such a good time. Part of it was because of just how well written it was. Almost in a way where... I'm embarrassed for the MCU writers. Like, (laughs) why did you go in the direction that you went when the source material is clearly superior and you could have just copied that? I don't know. It it really did something to me. I felt very emotional while playing this in a way that I wasn't really expecting to. It has a very intense overall theme. Obviously, it's about accepting death Mm -hmm. and really grappling with where your mind can go when you're dealing with grief. And I don't think that a Marvel property has any business being that profound. In a way, I appreciate it that much more because I didn't expect anything of the sort to be what this game was driving home. I was describing it to Cedric and I was like you're you're thinking of it as like God of War but Guardians of the Galaxy and actually it's really more like life is strange (laughs) but there's action sequences yeah it it's just so soulful and I can't get over how well written it was but yeah, no, it has the soul stone, so it's going to have a lot of soul in it. You know what soul I mean? Uh, but no, I, I I completely agree with you. It, it's so tight thematically, yeah. and it explores loss in such an interesting and comic book way, but in the best comic book way possible. And I really liked that the whole starting of the Universal Church of Truth was that Grand Unifier Raker had lost his son, and he was friends with Adam Warlock and healing people and helping them with the soul stone kind of manifested this darkness in him that end up being the whole antagonist seeing what people desperately wanted or needed and taking it a step further. I mean, God, one of the parts that really stood out to me was, you know, I mean, all the guardians kind of deal with the madness trying to take them over. And Peter goes right back to the moment his mother died. He points his gun at her because he realizes it's not her. And you can see his hand shaking. Like they had to animate that, but it was, still like in gameplay mode. So like they had to do some special stuff for that, that extra touch. And then having to gun down this thing that looks like your mom, like that was rough. And, and the whole thing to be able to re-embrace her as well. Like, yeah. Cause you feel bad for him. You're like, Oh no, he's a shooting. Uh, come on, give me hugs. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, like mommy. I didn't shoot her the whole time until like she started repeating lines. I was like, I don't want right. to, I don't want to shoot my mom. <laughs> it was rough. And then the whole thing going into Drax's head and then seeing his family as they were and him with his family, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. That whole <clears throat> part with him on that planet and going into True. his mind was just fucking Oof. heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. To the point I was of so tears, like, I, I cried. <laughs> I cried. Yeah, you, you're not alone. <laughs> I was so captivated by the scene with his mom mm-hmm. that I actually didn't realize that I was supposed to push her away, and I got into a cuts like an end game cutscene. I was, and I was just about really? to ask about if anybody that, that happened to me that. too. Actually, too. that happened oh, to I me. Shot yeah. the fuck out of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's like, fuck you, mom. Shit, <laughs> My mom's dead. <laughs> she uh, was dead. She gonna anyway, stay just, dead. Yeah. No, no. I, I, love I saw that they really redo it. Yeah. give you the option to give in and yeah. stay there if that's what you want. And then it's like in credits play. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. dope. Like the, the game yeah. ends. And you go back and the to fact, the beginning yeah. menu, and then you go back to the same um, story, the, the part of that story. And yeah. jump, jumping back to gameplay real quick with the story intertwining with it, like the choices that you make affect the story, yeah. like in mm-hmm. a meaningful right. way. Like if you decide to sell Rocket instead of Groot, then you're going to have a gunfight on your hand. Is it a gunfight? If you sell if you sell Rocket, 
or Groot, you can either have a gunfight or a stealth mission. Yeah, I basically. think Groot would be the stealth mission because I definitely okay, got yeah. into like a all-out fight when we tried to yeah. sell Rocket. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely sold Groot. <laughs> and at the end, Hellbender's like, "You really thought that he could fool me?" And he just ended up telling her everything. Damn. <laughs> or something. Right. Damn. I was like, "I am Groot. I don't know what to tell you, bro." <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I completely forgot that that's the reason why she knows so much. It's like, oh, right, because he's so honest. He's just going to tell Right, exactly. He's like, I am Groot. She's like, oh, really? Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I want to say this game as a whole was a highlight. It's just so well done, so tightly knit. I'm so glad that they got Marvel writers involved with this, that they could actually bring things they were bringing from comic books into an animated form without doing too much, like, you know, having to cut through too much red tape just to get it done. Mm-hmm. The things that really got me were like, yeah, you guys t- touched on it, the emotional points. The first one that really got me was outside of Peter with his mom. That intro was incredible. But yeah. uh, outside of that was when you go to nowhere and you go and you talk to Drax and he's just staring out into like the abyss. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what are you doing? He's like, this is the end of the universe. And he's like, yeah, people say that that's where the dead go. And he's like trying to commune with his dead family just standing there and you know you have a moment where he and peter get to talk about the loss and like what that means for both of them and then at the end of it it's it was super emotional he goes peter i think i would like to be alone now and then after that he goes i think your mother may have gone to this heaven place that you speak of and so it's like hearing both of them have that very like heartbreaking moment almost like in this party zone (laughs) it was kind of crazy yeah Yeah. Um, that's what's so dope about the writing of the story because i didn't even get that scene yeah. And all the emotional beats still played out the same. Like, I didn't talk to Drax at all. I saw that after I beat the game. And I was like, fuck. And you're touching would've... on something, Derek. You're touching on something. <laughs> like, the, the, the writers at Eidos, people don't understand. Writing for video games, it's so much harder than writing for, like, a movie where you get to meticulously plan out every single moment that happens for the audience. Right. Because you have to write anticipating that there are some people who are going to see everything. They're going to stop and watch every cutscene. They're not going to skip any dialogue. They're going to slow walk to hear all the ambient noise. You're going to have some folks that, you know, skip the ambient and go straight through and might watch some cut. Like, there's all this different mix, and you still have to get across the same kind of weight in the same story. And to hear all of us talk about it in all our different gameplay styles and from what I've heard from reviews, they nailed it. They yeah. really nailed it. I didn't even go to the Collector Museum. <laughs> really? Oh, man. Yeah, I completely missed it. I was just like, okay, go to the waypoint. Yeah. I was I stingy that... about my money, so I didn't either. I, I, I got the So, ball. okay, so that's the thing. It's like, yeah, that and then like going through the lipless thing. So like you go yeah. into that whole lipless, whole whatever, and then you get a free pass to go to the Collector's Emporium. That whole thing was cool, it's like you said. Like, like characters, I mean, our players would probably go through it and not even know that if you don't do this in this sequence, that you would have to go pay a bunch of money that you definitely need to pay your fine off to go right. see some stuff in a museum. Yep, it's just yep. yeah, they I did so totally. well. They did so, so, so well. did anybody choose to throw the llama out at the beginning? No. Uh, <laughs> I okay. So I the did first it. time I'm I did not pick to throw the llama. I definitely chose to keep the stolen goods the second time. Okay. No, oh, oh, I see what you mean. No, I yeah. let them see the llama, but I did keep the stolen goods because I figured they're not going to kill the llama. It's fine, but those goods we may need, and we did because it actually upgrades your ship. So I did. Right. I did really? hide the goods. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, you actually get lock-on missiles. <laughs> you get lock-on missiles for your start. Because that's the thing. You get space combat. We didn't even talk right. about that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's so much interesting. And it's nice. The space combat is actually yeah. pretty dope. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> and they don't shove it too far down your throat. Right? Yeah, uh, unlike, it's just, it's just unlike their like sliding in, unlike <laughs> the sliding animation they're so in love with, because, man, you slide down a lot of hills. Oh, <laughs> my God. That is something you do too much in this game. But there's there's a there's a sprinkling of space battles, and they're all fucking, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah good space stuff. battles were actually a, a nice, like, I wasn't expecting the level of intensity that came with it. I was like, okay, yeah. this is going to be, like, on the rails, and... You just kind of have to, like, you know, pilot this ship through a gauntlet of bullshit obstacles. Like, okay, whatever. But no, like, that really tough one, they really made it seem like, okay, there's a lot of spaceships. You can Star Fox. Like, yeah, Yeah. you're going in. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, they did not half-ass the space combat, and I so appreciate that. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to say, a lot of really cool stuff happens on Nowhere, because the, the Drax scene was very poignant. Nowhere itself as a set piece is yes. awesome and alien. Uh, and Cosmo. So cool. Cosmo. Cosmo was the best. Cosmo. Cosmo was the best. Cosmo is beast boy. And he had all his little puppies. Yeah. That was so cute. And then he would just bark. He would just turn into a dog for a hot second. And then they're like, okay. It's like he's like has the I will put you in mental super genius. Right. He's got he's super genius IQ, but he's still a fucking dog at the end of the day. Good stuff. Yeah, no, nowhere was cool. The brain matter set piece when you're being chased by the Blood Brothers and the Blood Uh. Brothers fight was actually really decent. Now you had to have to separate them in order to damage them. Yeah, that was that was cool. That was a very interesting fight. There was one scene when you returned to nowhere, and this is one cool thing we didn't talk about as far as combat. The fourth ability for everybody is an emotional breakthrough. You know, like Except something for major. Groups, kinda. Yeah. Well, I mean, Groot's he... just kind of showed up. Like, no, yeah. no. <laughs> he had, didn't he have to heal somebody? And he then, had to like... heal the dragon, but it's like, yeah, oh, I gotta heal the dragon. Well, I mean, he, <laughs> he wasn't overcoming he just, any like he just fought and defeated a fucking space <laughs> dragon. dragon. Yeah, unlock so, like, the unlock the epic. magic. Unlock yeah. it. Come on. But like, Rocket had to overcome his fear of water. Which yeah, was crazy. Drex had to overcome losing his family. Mm-hmm. Gamora, Gamora had to come had to out about grief. And that, that's, that's what I was bringing up. That's what I was bringing up. Because yeah. that scene happened on Nowhere. She picked up the doll and she just fucking snapped when she saw that little girl get taken. Oh, man. She's... Yeah. And yeah. that that was oh. the most was emotional like, moment tripping? for me. Yeah. Like, I was... I, that That's the one that affected me the most. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, yeah. And, you know, just seeing her kind of go to the brink and then Peter trying to pull her back. And again... Peter's probably the character in this I like the least, even though he's way better than Chris Pratt. But yeah. he... It's a me. Sometimes he would say stuff and it would work for me, and sometimes it wouldn't. It just depended. But I mean, I think that kind of fits his clumsy, I'm from Earth and I'm winging it character. So it almost works Yeah, when it doesn't uh, work. That, I think that's an interesting thing we should talk about, if we haven't already, the most emotional moment to each of us in this game. Okay, well, for like, me, again, it was Gamora yeah. on Nowhere, for sure. For me, it was definitely Peter and Drax... When they're in his mind and Drax is looking at his family and he's like, Peter Quill, if this is not my family, what is in front of me? And Peter says, I don't know, man, but it ain't real and it ain't good. (laughs) I was like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That hit me so hard. Drax's whole story is just heartbreaking. Fucking oof. oof. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's real sad. About a nerdy... I think my, mo- my most emotional moment was like when they had to talk Cosmo off the ledge. Yeah. Yeah. When you're just sitting there and he was, he was about it. He was about like, man, fuck right. this shit. I'm going back to earth, man. Right. I'm about to be the best boy on earth. About to grab this ball. It's about to be done. Right. And you just have to go, no, man. You're like, you're a dope cosmonaut. You're out here in space. You did some dope shit. Also, Yo, puppies, dog. Puppies. Nice. Got your puppies. You got puppies. Got them puppies. And then he's just like having to remind him that he's like a father and that he's got his own responsibilities on top of nowhere. It's just like, uh, yeah. just And the fact so that you can fail that sequence. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can mess that up. Like, you can mess that up. And it's very just like, easily. man, I fucked up Cosmo's life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is okay, Peter Quill. And it's just like knowing that you did the best thing. If you do it, yeah, right, you can. Though, you yeah. get that. You get the uh, that picture at the end, and it just says Cosmo looking all happy, and Cosmo, yeah. Cosmo remains best boy. So like knowing that was like an outcome, but yeah, that was probably one of the most most emotional parts for me was just like trying to talk Cosmo back away from the promise. I was pretty emotional about several of the different storylines. I think Nikki's hit home the most for me. It's just hard to accept when people close to you die and the way that it changes how you interact with them. The birthday sequence the second time was hard to do. It just hurt to be that frank, but also it's exactly what she needed to hear. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just I remain so impressed by the poignance of the writing especially considering the property like right guardians of the galaxy made me feel pristine. things 
at, uh, at the very thing. prestigious Game Awards 2021, right. uh, yeah. it won Best Narrative. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, I was right. happy to see the, it, too. I wasn't like, oh, my God, yeah. I can't believe this won. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing that disappointed me with the story from Nikki's perspective was that us finding out through a different character that her mom had passed away. Well, like, wait, the fact that we, we didn't see it. Like, I mean... Through her mom, though. I mean, well, her adopted Yeah, mom. it was through her mom in a thing. But I was like, oh, no, she passed. Oh, no, she died. Oh. So it was kind of like, I didn't get a chance to really feel her death. But yeah, I know it was meant like, more to, like, yeah. get us to feel for Nikki, which is fine. But it just kind of came out of nowhere. It hit me out of nowhere. I was like, oh, she died? Damn. We weren't yeah. done talking to her. <laughs> but you yeah. did get to talk to her again some more later, so. Yeah, yeah. Her being no, so she, she died off too. camera, but... They wouldn't have been able to kind of drop that she was, you know, because when you first meet Grand Unifier Raker, and he's like, I will take you to the, the did he call her the matriarch. Yeah. And you don't know who that is. So then you see it's her. There's confusion. Like, why is it her, though? And then she they slowly reveal that cool. her grief allowed her to be manipulated in this way because her adoptive mother was killed and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Of course, at the time, we thought her real mother. Right. So because she's blue, she's blue. Yeah. <laughs> Both blue. You know how the blues look alike. Come on now. Come on, Maury. Yeah, she's a little, she's a little look, look at this blue, little blue child, child Maury. That child ain't mine. I'm not blue. She blue. Look at these freckles, Maury. It's like a cosmos. <laughs> Just kidding. Did anyone else want Nikki to be his daughter? Mm. I kind of wanted it. I'm I'm okay either way, but yeah. I mean, she came along anyway. She got sweet powers, and now she's a guardian, and right. he's still going to be a surrogate father to her. It seems True. like so. It didn't yeah. you know what? I think the point is, it doesn't fucking matter. It, the guardians yeah. are all about the family you choose, not you know the family that you end up with, not the one that is just tied by blood. I mean, right? They're already a family, and she just became mm-hmm. a part of it. So I wish uh, you just Coriola gave me a fantastic idea. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> So this is a little bit more serious than talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, the game. In my real life in work, I'm going to be helping launch a campaign about normalizing non-nuclear families as Mm. families. And we're constantly looking for ideas for how to make this a popular topic. Uh And I'm going to write myself a letter to Marvel. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this this is definitely the probably the best example I've seen since like what I would uh, attribute to the X Men. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. there's a big theme mm-hmm. family with them too. That's true. All right. So overall, story and writing, I agree with you guys. Strongest part by far, and the gameplay is no slouch. So it really comes together cohesively. I love this game, and I think that that leads us to in our overall thoughts. So, Full Metal Merc, my good friend, tell me. Your overall thoughts and your rating. What do you rate Guardians of the Galaxy? Overall thoughts, I'm going to sprinkle in a couple of things that we didn't talk about. Mantis, best character in the game. They did Mantis well. They they really redeemed her, especially if all you know about her is the MCU. Agree. Yeah. Adam Warlock showing up was just like Fin Fang Foom showing up. I was like, wow. We get I was like, yeah. Two bombshells yeah. in the shit. He's such a well-written character. The way he butts heads with Star-Lord and everything is just kind of like how they're trying to have Thor with Star-Lord in the MCU. A little bit. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Except for um, he's nowhere near cool as Thor. Like in this one, it's reversed. <laughs> right. Adam Warlock is kind of, you know, he, he's like focused on alliteration. Everybody's just tired of his shit almost from point one. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we didn't even talk about Magus. Yeah, we didn't talk about like, Magus. Magus. <laughs> that's the main the main big bad. the main antagonist is like the evil part of adam warlock basically mm-hmm. and the way that they did that end scene where it was like you win ha and they're doing like their star wars victory walk mm-hmm. and then you get onto the ship and, and he's adam like, warlock is like <laughs> like is he okay he's like i'm good i'm good i just got i swallowed it it's fine <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and then they break you out into another boss battle it's just another yeah. one of those really creative ways that game developers psych you out yeah. i would uh attribute it to the arkham asylum psych did, now did you guys notice when they were rolling the they were stealth rolling the credits that magus's name was showing up in the credits i did yes. I, knew, yeah. I, I was like yeah. something ain't right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is this, are right. these credits venomized what's happening <laughs> right but yeah like that was like arkham asylum levels of fake out yeah, when, that's uh, cool. You guys all played Arkham Asylum when he, uh, the screen kind of stutters and it goes back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this but, is uh, an Arkham Asylum spoiler cast, Derek. 
Oh, sorry. Spoilers for Arkham Asylum. No. <laughs> I have All right. We'll get, okay. Give me the rating, man. But uh, yeah, yeah. Rating ten out of ten. Ten out of fucking ten. I love it. If the gameplay was horrendous, the story would carry it through. Yeah, a story dependent gameplay, gameplay dependent story. This story is independent. You could put any yeah. kind of gameplay you want with it. Still would have hit home. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Point and click. Ten out of yep. ten. Yep. <laughs> Nerdy. What you got? Well, you know, I came in thinking it was going to be great, and it paid off. It was really, really well done. Every character that was introduced outside of the Guardians had some impact on me in a way that I didn't think there was going to be something that I remembered outside of the game. Remembering uh, Lady Hellbender and how she was just ferocious throughout the entire thing, and she was like, I'm going to get my revenge. I'm getting that. Right. I'll just just wait. But also sexy. <laughs> but also, she like, like, super I'm getting sexy. That. Just so big. <laughs> I want and her to crush just, my uh, neck. Yeah. He wants a Lady Hellbender game. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right? Lady Hellbender and Lady D just together again. I like that they handle the complexity of Drax completely, where, you know, he's very, very smart and still exact about everything. And, very literal. But at the same time, he's, yeah. he's troubled. Not because of just the family thing, but the thing that, you know, we didn't talk about is that he thinks oh, yeah. that Thanos is still alive. Yeah. Mm. And the fact he does that not feel like he Thanos. accomplished his mission. <laughs> yeah. He feels like, yeah. you know, everyone's like, oh, they just made that up because, you know, they, it's convenient. But he's like, I feel deep down inside that he's a st- he's still alive. So that is crazy as a setup for, like, future stuff. Nikki's transformation from this troubled person who's just wrapped in grief and the power that grief has and manifesting out of her from the soul stone into someone who owned that power and then, like, came over her grief and now she has her own power out of that is really cool. Just watching everybody go through so much growth. <laughs> you start out and they're all kind of bantering in a way that's more of like bickering. And then if you do the right choices, by the end of it, they're kind of chummy. Like, I love that whole scene where they're just laughing. They're just laughing when they're getting off yeah. the ship. They like crash again. <laughs> Peter's all yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> and they just start like laughing. They're, they're like, this is just us. This yeah, is what we this do. This is what we do. This is how we land on planets, guys. We fucking <laughs> This do is it. how we get down. This is the guards. Gar- this is the guardier- gardeners of the galaxy. The gardeners right. of the galaxy. <laughs> Trimming hedges, baby. Oh, dude, that reminds me. In the beginning, when they did that kind of movie parallel where they're like, uh, Gamora, deadliest woman in the galaxy, Drax, convicted murderer also saved a lot of lives and last and certainly also least peter quill that's how you wrote that was comedy it's, gold it was so good so yeah with all the comedy bits and the really like you know heartfelt emotional pulls and the set pieces every level was so uniquely done it was beautiful like nick was saying like no one really talked about how the graphic fidelity of the game was yes. actually just outstanding. Mm-hmm. I played it first playthrough. I played the entire thing with ray tracing on. It was incredible. I like suffered through the 30, for, <laughs> 30 frames per second Ooh. just to see how beautiful everything was and get some really cool screenshots. But yeah, like everything was so colorful and well done and unique on top of the narrative. It was just well done. So yeah, 10 out of 10. It was unexpected to, for me to be like okay i'm gonna give this game like highest praise but playing through it especially on the second run it's just it's so much fun it's a lot of fun i couldn't recommend it enough to anybody else especially my friends who may have been skeptical about the avengers because it's a whole different type of experience yeah completely agree big nakuma your thoughts i intended to play this after death loop and decided to accelerate my playthrough so that I could be on the show thinking I would finish maybe like this afternoon, not realizing I would play it all in like two days. <laughs> um, I do think that so far it's been my favorite new IP experience of 2021. I really love Deathloop, what I've played so far, and I'm not very far into it. So I'm excited to dig into that next because I feel like this is, actual game of the year territory and i just can't believe i'm even saying that going from thinking that this is going to be a total bomb on an anthem level to feeling like it probably is my game of the year maybe is my game of the year and it completely deserves to be my and everyone else's game of the year it's it's travesty that it wasn't nominated for game of the year the game awards like this I, i just this is what gaming is about to me in so many different ways 
I just really enjoyed the hell out of this game, and I wish more people would play it. And I'm hopeful that the reviews and reception that it's gotten will lead to sequels. Imagine this meshing with the Insomniac Marvel game universe, oh. and oh, oh yeah, that would just be so fun and so good. And I feel like they were hits to that me. as well. Yeah. All right, tens yeah, across the, the board. Both well, I would guys. say they're fucking amazing. Well, I'll cap it off by saying I agree with everything you guys have said so far. For me, this is definitely my favorite version of the Guardians that has been presented to me so far, by far. And that's the biggest surprise for me, is that not only did these guys feel, even though inspired, obviously, by the MCU here and there, they felt distinctly their own and they surpassed what I've seen in the MCU. And that was really cool to see. It was a lot more heartfelt and emotional than I thought it was going to be. And it's one of those few instances where I enjoyed the downtime more than the action in an action game. Holy shit. Um, I usually do out of five because it's just easier to get my head around. Is it average? Is it better than average? Is it perfect? I'm not going to say it's perfect. So I don't know if I'm going to go five out of five, but I have to marry in on that for a while because we're still deciding like what our top games of the year are going to be. If it's not number one, it's probably number two. So I'm going to say like a 4.5 out of five for me. Definitely wholeheartedly recommend it to anyone out there that plays video games because this is a video game ass video game and it reminds me of what is so great about this medium that big surprise that thing that you didn't think you'd love and then once you experienced it you're like wow i can feel a hundred percent of the effort that went into this this is fabulous couldn't have said it better myself okay well, guys, I think that's a spoiler cast. Woo! We did it. Hey. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, I want to give some love to our guests. Thank you guys so much for stopping by and hanging out with us and discussing this wonderful game. This episode has been greatly enhanced by your presence. Oh, yeah. So I would like to let our listeners know out there, if they haven't already learned, where can they find you guys at? So Big Nakuruma, you got anything you want to drop? You can find me and my other robust gaming opinions <laughs> at Gamer Friends Podcast. We're on Twitter at Gamer Friends Pod. I am also in the bio of that Twitter, so you can find my personal account, although it's locked down because I am kind of a public figure, I guess, in some ways. Anyway, that's where you can find me. You can also find me in our Discord where everyone here hangs out so we would love to have you excellent and i'll make sure links are in the show notes for those who are interested nerdy you got anything you want to plug anybody can find me on instagram i actually have a uh video game photography account under uh stolen satori mostly cyberpunk right now there's some spider-man and some guardians now and some ghosts of Tsushima pics up there as well i also have a business of mine that i do i make cannabis gummies so yeah so if anybody's interested in any of that stuff you can find that at my website uh juice gummies that's uh juice g-u-m-m-i-s dot com and yeah just hit me on the connect and uh we'll talk some gummies if you're really interested all right thanks i'll make sure that those links are also in the show notes and derek my co-host with the co-most what do you have for the people out there? Where can they find you and the wonderful things that you sell at Gamer Goodies and More? They can check us out at ebay.com slash str slash Gamer Goodies and More, Instagram at Gamer Goodies More, and Twitter at Goodies underscore More. All right. And as always, we're dropping new episodes every single Sunday at our hub at anchor.fm slash player two is under the pod. I won't give you the full rigmarole since we're doing a spoiler cast, but again, catch us this Sunday for the next episode or listen to the most previous one. If you haven't already, and we will see you guys next time. We appreciate you listening to us. We love you. Take care.